Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? I'm uh, I'm Adrian. I'm part of Game Oven, and um, we've just released. Well, just like two months ago, released our first game, Fingal, and uh, well, that's kind of who I am. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the two guys of, of uh, Game Oven. The other guy is Bojan Androvsky. Okay. So, uh, and so and I'm, you guys were actually at uh, at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco recently because uh, you your game got nominated. Uh, can you talk more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, we we got nominated for the Nuovo Award, which is the um, the award for um, for uh, by the way, it was the IGF, the Independent Games Festival. Um, the Nuovo Award is the uh, the award for uh, most innovative uh, game of uh, of the last year. And um, yeah, Fingal was nominated for that. We we also we also got an honorable mention for uh, for best mobile game, but we weren't in the in the top five or six or so. Yeah, and so for the audience out there, can you describe Fingal? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm just going to start off with the experience of Fingal. It's if you know Twister, it's a bit like that, um, you, but with your fingers. And it's um, on I, iPad, right? Like yeah, it's okay. it's on iPad. Uh, and basically, what it what it does, it's um, you two people play together. It's always two people, um, and they put their fingers on the iPad, and I make them. Well, I as the game developer make them move their fingers in awkward, <laughs> intimate positions, and to rub it in a bit more, we added some '70s wallpapers on the background and '70s porn music um, to make it. More suggestive and intimate and awkward and nasty and sweaty and that's all we really want it to happen. So, um, yeah. um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I mean, it is it's definitely uh, it is definitely suggestive. You know, I think it's it's essential experience. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And so the question is, is what what inspired you guys to come up with such an idea? So it kind of started off with um, with uh, me and Boyan made a game before this um which was on a big multi-touch table and that inf invited multiple people to play uh, together at the same time and what happened uh, what i saw it at some point was that when people touch each other's hands accidentally they would kind of back off and like Ugh, that's nasty i don't want to touch his hand and i was like yeah i'm gonna make a game about that and that's <laughs> kind of where this all started and at the, at the same time was i was um doing my graduation project and i wanted to make a game that was that went beyond the screen, and it was like one plus one is three. So, so yeah. this was kind of where this all came from. And yeah, then at some point we had the prototypes. We were yeah, those were damn ugly. They were like black and white uh, with some green and blue dots, and you know it was all really nasty. But we had an idea uh, for the trailer. Yeah, and kind of that inspired us to put the 70s uh, porn uh, wallpapers and the 70s porn music uh, on the background. So that's where this whole thing uh, came from. Okay. And, you know, what, what language did you use to prototype the game? <laughs> um, so the prototype was actually made in Unity, Unity 3D. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, and that was, that was just done by me. That was uh, C Sharp. Um, but then when we decided, okay, this is one of the games we really want to continue in and we want to develop this for iOS, um, then we switched over to um, the engine uh, Boyan has made. Um, so that he, he wrote his own um, uh, cross-platform oh, engine, wow. which, uh, which is, I think, mainly in uh, C++. But, yeah, I think if you go for iOS, you also have to write some uh, Objective-C. So. Um, 
is there any reason why you focused on just iPad? Why not just release it also for iPhone too? So we, uh, yeah, for iPhone, it's actually pretty obvious. We, the, um, the screen of the iPhone is, is really small. small. That's true. And this is a very physical game. And I, honestly, I, I did try. But the problem is that I just couldn't make a, a good game out of it if you can only use like four or five fingers. Okay. Um, then there's probably another question you're asking is that uh, why not Android? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's also a bit because of the same reason. Um, it's a very physical game. And the problem is that if we go for a screen that's smaller than the iPad, it's already going to be really difficult. Uh, to have this so, game on there. So even something like Kindle or you know, Kindle Fire where they have the smaller tablet, 7-inch size, that would still be too small in your opinion? Yes. Okay. Yeah, kind of. They would, yeah. Um, you know, when you were prototyping this game, what, uh, what surprises did you run into? And, um, you know, what, what did you have to do? What, I guess, how did you, or what, what did you discover? What did you iterate on to, to find the right design? So I think... What defined most about what Fingal is right now was all all the really small things about um, moving the buttons around and the feedback that resolves around having the buttons on there or not. Yeah. So, um, for instance, just one example is the timer. At first, we had uh, multiple small timers all around the screen um, that were telling people, "Hey, look, something is happening, and you need to hold them on there." But it appeared that you know. If they obstructed the timers they were constantly looking at, um, it was still really difficult to to see what was happening. So we needed something that filled the screen, and we had multiple tests for that. For instance, um, another thing was um, what would happen if you would let go of the um, of the finger buttons. We we had uh, at, at first we they would just instantly go back to the uh, to the original position, and that was that was terrible um, because the moving parts. Or actually, the the static uh, finger yeah. button because you sometimes you don't don't have to move the the fingers. Uh, we couldn't just leave the finger buttons on the spot you would leave them because that would kind of ruin part of the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were lots of those small small things, timing things. Um, what would happen if someone would let go? Um, this game couldn't be like Twister or any kind because it's 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 really different from that. Yeah. So. Uh, so that, I guess it's it was the small things that mattered most that in which we prototype most as well. And and so this was meant to be like one of those party games where you know two, two people are playing on the same device, right? Like, yeah. Well, not okay. not necessarily a party game actually. Okay. It turned turned out like that because it was so in so intimate and awkward, yeah. and that that kind of set the mood for you know. Terrible, terrible events at parties. I don't know. It, it's actually it really started out as you know. Let's have intimate, ha have an intimate time with someone else. Yeah. We didn't really think about parties, but it turned out to be a great context. Yeah, you know, for I mean, have you studied any other party games? Um, you know, before you did this game, or was that just a complete surprise that it could be a potentially fun party game? Because um, most well, other party games are, you know, maybe competitive sometimes or. I don't know if they're as cooperative yeah. as this. I mean, I think what's interesting here is, you know, it is more cooperative. Now, That's I haven't true. played that many party games, so there might be a lot of other cooperative games, but I've just seen more competitive or puzzle-type games. Would, would you consider Twister a, a competitive? Or yeah, a you know, in that case, you know, th you bring up a really good point. I think with Twister, I guess that would be... 
Isn't that isn't that competitive in the sense that the first one that falls? I mean, if I if I understand the game yeah. rules, if I remember the game rules, it's like the first one that creates the issue, or you know, like yeah. messes up everything, then then they lose, right? So there's a winner I, I, loser. I thought. I, I would I would agree. Um, it's it's probably competitive in the sense that if you, um, you know, everyone's trying to stay together. But yeah, I, I would agree. It's it's a competitive game. I think uh, I I did some I did do some research into uh, party games, but not necessarily uh, a party game. Um, because of my graduation project, I wanted to. I was looking for games that went beyond the screen, and party games are one of those kinds. Yeah. Um, but I must say, I, I haven't looked at many. I, I think I looked at Button at the time. Um, yeah. I had seen uh, Johan Sebastian Joust. Um, yeah. I think there weren't many more games that I had seen. No, this this was not really inspired by any any of that. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in the case of your game, it is it's more of a cooperative game, right? Like it's not like one person can win and the other person loses. Or true, yeah, yeah. it's it's always together. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, that's that's what I found also interesting about the design is that. Um, you know that it lends itself to that, and so with that said, when you were testing it out, did you mainly just have, you know, people with their boyfriend and girlfriend, like boyfriend and girlfriend, <laughs> test it out, or how did you, like, where did this work the best or most uh, provocative? So that's kind of how I started. So my first prototype was was really nasty, and and actually, <laughs> I think the most the worst puzzles that are in there now are the ones I came up with first. Those those were really obvious, and I think my first two or three playtesters were actually couples. Um, yeah, um, but after that, I I quickly went to you know fellow students who were not really in a relationship, and they were rubbing each other's fingers, intertwining them, <laughs> like I don't know, it was pretty it was pretty nasty. That totally convinced me. But yeah, not necessarily and, couples. No. And what was the response though, um, with couples versus these random students? I that's a good question. I must say I I don't remember. I haven't compared that yet. Okay. Um, I think what's what's interesting. It, it's not really whether someone is a couple or not. It's more like someone is how he how he feels about being intimate. Yeah. Well, I think I think it can create a lot of tension. You know, especially at parties where maybe you are trying to meet or you're meeting some other girl, and there is, you know, if you're a guy and you're meeting another girl and you're playing this game with that, I can see a lot of tension happening. Or you know, yeah, or it can be an I icebreaker. Yeah, so, well, that tension is extremely interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, this game has it. It's it's really true. This game has made people have sex. Afterwards. Yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I can definitely see happening. I think I think what's really amazing about this game is that really the gameplay, or you know, the feelings you're getting out, it's coming outside of the game. The reward is coming out outside of the game. The game is kind of setting up the parameters, but. Yep. It's like it's more of the psychology that that emergence that comes out of yeah. the interactions, which which I think is yeah. very different than most other types of even party games. I, I mean, so that's I, that's yeah. exactly where my graduation project started. Okay, and yeah, can you talk more then about um, I guess what what was the motivation or what what were you exploring with your with your graduate project? So that the games be, that went beyond the screen, I think um, I wasn't necessarily looking for anything like I wanted to be intimate or I wanted to be a party game. I was just looking uh, for ways to get people interact outside the screen. Okay. And I think I, I made a, a bunch of uh, prototypes for that. Fingal was was one of them. 
um, there were there was another one which involved um, cooperation as well. I'm just going to give it away. Maybe someone will ever pick this up. <laughs> uh, there was another game which I wanted to let one person hold the iPhone or iPad, um, but with the screen not facing him um, and the other player telling him how to rotate it. Yeah. Um, so that kind of needed the the, communi- the uh, communication, communication skills yeah. from one of the persons to be extremely good um, you know in order to be able to rot- rotate it to the right direction so that was another um, another one was more like uh, an action based uh, game um, yeah, stuff like that so they all went outside the screen um, not as intimate as Fingal and I, could, yeah. I guess that was the reason we went uh, we went for Fingal so you know, as you design Fingal, then do you see the where's the opportunity then for game designers to develop games that actually, you know, arouse psychology or, you know, <laughs> um, intimacy that I you know, think, these emergent um, properties? Because you know, it's it's not it's not like Tetris or something else where you're getting pleasure from the specific, you know, the inside yeah, the game. I, you know, it's, it's I understand what you mean exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, and in fact, yeah. what's amazing about this is that actually it could even depend on the partner that you have that's playing. Exactly. Game, right? Yeah. So um, I, where I think the opportunity lies is that designers can easily uh, think about what's the emotion that this trigger, triggers. And I think that if they think about it in a multiplayer way uh, and think about it in the same way as my graduation project started, that there's more than just the screen – and that's kind of what what this 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 idea triggered. Um, so, okay. I think that's kind of a mindset people have to take. It's it's about thinking about the experience of the of the of the players, um, and that there's more than just what's on the screen and rewards on the screen. Uh, that's very important. Well, I think with with multiplayer games, you know, a lot of them, you know, they obviously can create emotions. So, <clears throat> why would you say then that Fingal's you know, multiplayer system would be different than, say, another multiplayer game like Call of Duty or something um, I, like that. I think you still get um, rewarded inside the game. Okay. Uh, you talk inside the game. Yeah. Um, basically, there's I mean, not you can real- bond within the game, but, yeah, you're not going to probably get laid after <laughs> exactly. Call of Duty. I mean, I mean that's fun. If you if you play, I don't know, uh, some game like uh, Battlefield or Modern War, any, any FPS, yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter whether skill player A is John or whether it's Chris. Um, it's skill player A, and there's nothing more that creates the the, the connection or creates a relationship between these people. And I think what what Fingal does very right is that um, it's local multiplayer. And there's even in people to me, which completely surprised me, but I can totally understand that think like really inside the box of of game what games there are already. And they asked me, why didn't you make a multiplayer game out of this, an online multiplayer game? <laughs> and those people don't really get what Fingal is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but have you thought of that? Where, well, I mean, so the real question is, is how can you actually build these relationships over maybe you know online multiplayer or? So I'm going to say the cliche answer. Um, there's there's journey. And they they did an incredibly good job at that. Okay. Um, so, so as you were um, designing this, were there any other surprises that occurred or that you ran into? Um, or any other realizations about game design 
you know, or, or your understanding of game design as you're designing this? Well, I think what was for, for me specifically was very important was that um, I, I, I was, I've been growing a lot as a, as a designer, I think, in the, in the last years, but it was more for me personally and it wasn't necessarily from Fingal. Um, what, I, what I have learned is that um, a lot of people don't know anything really about, yeah. about creating what they are doing and they, they know a lot about their own product but they, they don't, can't really transfer it to others. So I've kind of stopped looking at success stories, for instance. Okay. Um, so I think that's one of the main things I've, I've learned. Um, so when you say stop looking at success stories, you mean not listening or not looking at something like Angry Birds or what? Oh, what? Yes, definitely okay. don't read that story. <laughs> so um, do you, but, but yeah. do you also read then stories of failure or whatever, or, or do you avoid that too? Um, I don't see a lot of difference in stories of failure and stories of success, success um, okay. in terms of there's a lot of stories of failure that have done the exact same thing as stories of success if you really play, pay close attention. Um, I think it's easier to see what, what went wrong if you have a project that failed than, uh, than, that, than a project that went extremely well. So I've, I've kind of stopped to stop. Yeah, I've kind of stopped doing reading the failures as well. I think you have to focus on what you're doing, and of course, there's lots of things that can go wrong, um, and there's also lots of things that you can learn about that. But honestly, I think I've read a lot of those right now, and I've 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 stopped doing those. They all tell the same story that for their project something went wrong, and it's it's it, it seems like it's getting more and more difficult to apply that to your own project. What about playing other people's games, even if they're very successful? Isn't that worthwhile? That's a very good question. That's what I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, I'm, I must be honest with you. I don't play a lot of games. Okay. Um, actually, I play almost none. Um, I think there's, first of all, a big difference between <laughs> designers and gamers. Um, uh, it's not that I don't like games. I like games a lot, but it's really difficult for me to get a satisfaction out of most uh, lots popular ti popular titles are really difficult for me to to get into. Um, well, do you prefer multiplayer games to single player games? Then? Well, personally, I really do. Yes, okay. I think yeah. the interaction with people is, is for me right now the most important part to actually uh, to actually play games. Um, that doesn't mean I won't ever create a single player game because I, I still love those if, if I sit in the train and I'm utterly bored. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, and where do you? Where do you see then uh, <clears throat> the the game design going? Um, I mean, for yourself, are you going to be still exploring the mobile space, or are you looking at other platforms and mediums? We're we're definitely looking for other platforms, um, but we do want to um, create a couple more games before we go all corporate. Of course, um, we want to explore the the local multiplayer uh, platform a bit more. We have some ideas. We don't have any prototypes yet. Um, that, and that's kind of how we work. We um, we have we have ideas, we have a vision, and we we just make a shitload of prototypes and see which ones are fun, which ones are not. And uh, yeah, that's how uh, kind of how uh, how we work. So yeah, that's that's definitely part of uh, how we how we do that. So with Fingal, how um, you know, for the audience out there, can you explain what the content is? I mean, how you know what how you designed each level. Um, what you decided in terms of level design and and even the business model, because um, you know normally yeah. some of these would maybe be free, 
and have yeah. maybe in-app purchases for expansions. But yeah. in your case, it just yeah. seems like it's it's a set price. So yeah, we we thought about all that. Let me first start off then by by telling that I made more than a hundred levels, and I think the game right now has sixty-four levels. Yeah. Um, creating the levels was kind of random. <laughs> okay. um, I just put my fingers together and saw and just tried to see how that would work in game. Um, I even sit down with with other people, with guys and also with girls to try to find these awkward, nasty positions. Um, Some of them just didn't work. They were too difficult. And it appeared that levels that are really difficult are actually not fun at all. So I just threw those out. Um, So even people that think that there's extremely difficult levels uh, in the game right now, be aware that I made lots of more extremely more difficult levels. There were even features that, that we tried like um, finger buttons that if you touch them, they would start moving and we threw that feature out. Um, okay. Stuff like that. So um, then at, at the very end, I, I tried to categorize the, the levels and that's kind of what you, uh, what you see in the game right now. I think there's four or five level packs there. Um, so that's how we, um, that's how we uh, split up the levels. About the, the making money part, the business model, um, we think that the unique, unique selling point of this game is really touching each other's hands. And that's something you already do in the first package. And we, we well, we, I must say I, I really don't believe that people will buy the game for the puzzles. Uh, um, well, they might buy it for more content. You know, like you said, people are getting uh, a positive experience. They might, they're building bonds, you know, they're, you know, and I don't yeah, know. But, I mean, but we are, so if, let's say we give away yeah. the, the, the part where people are touching each other's hands, yeah. we give that away for free. Um, that's already, that's the biggest part of this game. I mean, True. that's the most fun part, the f- most fun part of this game. If, if we would like stop it there, it would only be puzzles after that. And I must say that I think that the rest of the game is not uh, worth buying if you've already experienced what all the fun of this game is about or half of the fun of this game is about. Okay. I think there's more interesting puzzles uh, on the App Store if you really are. Oh, yeah. Well, by puzzles, I mean just more levels. And those levels can yeah. just be funny or, you know, expressive. It doesn't have to be yeah. completely challenging, but just more expressive, you know. No, true. Well, yeah. the, way, the way we do see it is that uh, Fingal consists of two parts, the experience. Um, it first starts off completely as a intimate thing. Uh, people are exper- maybe they have to learn a bit about the game and how it works. But after that, it's be- it becomes completely intimate. The game is just 100% intimate. It's not difficult. It's just people are touching each other's hands. That's that's the most part. And after yeah. that, it slowly goes to being more puzzly. And at some point, like in the second or the third package of levels, people really don't give a damn about touching each other's hands, and they are only thinking about okay, how the hell. Are we going to finish this level and which hand to use and which fingers to use? Then it becomes completely uh, puzzly. Yeah. But we don't feel that that's um, good enough or worthy yeah. enough of, of, uh, of making it a free uh, in, in a purchase or so. So, so, so then, we thought, let's sell the whole game like this then. So why even make it puzzly? Why not just make it more expressive and more um, suggestive? We, we, couldn't, we uh, couldn't really find a way. I think... Okay. Touching each other's hands right now is the, it was the only the the only thing that could could trigger with these mechanics. I we yeah we couldn't just find another way to do that. 
And um, so what's next in store then for Fingal? Are you going to do an update or are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to keep updating. Um, I have some, uh, some more ideas for levels. Um, we might, I'm just saying might because it's extremely difficult to, 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 to balance that and to figure out whether the feature will actually work. But we might add another feature. Oh, yeah. um, so there are, there are definitely uh, uh, possibilities to upgrade uh, to, to yeah. update the game. What are the fans saying? Is it something that they just consume once and then they don't play it again? Or are they just playing with different partners all the time? Or what? what's... <laughs> I, yeah, that's a good question. I must say, I, I haven't... Um, I, I think that the, the really, the fans, the people who are, you know, very um, expressive about it also to us, they, they tell us that they try... Oh, wait, what happened? They tell us that they try to... Um, yeah, they, they try it with different people, with different girls, and that, oh, look, I play with my mom. I'm going to play with my girlfriend tomorrow. Um, okay. Stories like that. Um, but also, I think, yeah, honestly, I have no idea. I have to check the numbers for that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, what's next in store for the studio? Yeah, so we don't know... V- like the precise next thing um we have loads of ideas we we've already started with a couple of uh, prototypes i must say those prototypes haven't reached the point yet uh, where we can say okay this is going to be our next game yet so we're just going to uh, continue doing that they're definitely going to be local multiplayer games um they're also going to bring something new to uh, to the platform we'll be working on that's very important to us. Something, something fresh. Some, and very likely something that go, that goes beyond the screen. Um, so that's kind of where uh, where we heading. So when you're looking for stuff beyond the screen, are you? Um, what about user generated content? Does that even relate to that? I mean, is that something that you look into as something that, you know, if if within the game they're creating some content that it can share outside the game, does that go beyond the screen, or does that still not? count it it does for to some extent um i think the the main reason we're not i mean i'm very interested in that and i am actually constantly looking for uh, for ideas and concepts like that to also to make a prototype of but i think the reason for us not to do that right now uh at least at least not a short on short term is that it it, it yeah it, it's a very technical very big technical challenge so um okay. Um, yeah, we were looking at that specifically. And when you're prototyping, is there a specific process that you use? Do you try to just pump out, like spend a whole day pumping out as many prototypes as possible? Or do you do one a week? Or, or what's the process that you found that works best for you? I think a prototyping a game or a prototyping an idea is um, to make the prototype is actually really easy. To come up with the idea is actually the, the most difficult part. Okay. So... Uh, so and yeah, ideas don't don't come every day or every week. They come at random, um, <laughs> random moments. Yeah, um, you can never know really. So, um, when you're coming up with the ideas, do you feel like when when are you the most receptive, or when do you feel you have the best ideas? Is it just right after you've played a whole bunch of games? Maybe you've started reading a ton of stuff, or is there any methodology to that? Well, I think everyone knows about the shower thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's one thing um, before you go to bed if you're bored so what I do is I try to combine um, um, intense work for instance pr- um, making a prototype or programming 
and then try to be bored for an hour or so. And because if, if your mind is filled with all these questions and ideas, um, or you're really wondering, okay, I want to do something with this vision, and you take a walk through the city and you look at all these people and there's so many things that you might pick up, I think that's very inspiring. And um, that's kind of how I try to be. Uh, that's my my aim at being creative. It's it might not work for the for the next half year or so, but I, all I need is one idea, right? Yeah, exactly. And are you you know you were mentioning or you mentioned something about you're going to try some more games before you go corporate? Are you yeah. trying to or are you going to try to work for another game studio? Or are you going to try to make a go of this game studio? It's it's a it's a really good question. I think um, um, the 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 more you you grow as a game studio, the more games you've made, the more important it also becomes that there's a steady income. I think that will count for for me as well and for Boyan as well. Um, we are really open to anything, um, anything that seems really interesting to us, that seems like a challenge, that seems like it's really fun. Um, we are very open to that. There's there's some people that have have come to us and say, okay, look, we want to we wanna make a game on this platform and, you know, we, we're interested in you having, having to do it. And that's something we're really open to. Um, but, yeah, for now, we, we really want to make some more games, get some more experience in making games at all. Um, and definitely try to make games are as crazy as possible while we still can. Um, and for the yeah. listeners out there, what suggestions do you have if they want to uh, make something innovative, you know, for the mobile, <laughs> mobile platform? Maybe, maybe well, you have some lessons learned that you can share. I I do, um, but it's it's actually a, I I mean, there's a bunch of things. Um, it's first of all, it's a mindset. You really do must you must want to create something that isn't out there yet. So that's very important. Uh, second of all, I think it's very important to let go of what is already there. Um, that's of course impossible um, at all. But at least don't start with the platformer, you know, because that's what everyone is doing. Um, don't start with the first-person shooter, or don't start with what something that's already been done a thousand million times ago, okay. um, unless you have some something already in your head that is ex- extremely different from from what is there already. Um, I mean, that's, I think, that, that's interesting because some people may say, you know what, start with the proven mechanic and just refine that or iterate that. So yeah, I just want to point I out the distinction, yeah. and that's good. Yeah, I, uh, if you look at, yeah, of course, there can be a lot of beautiful games from there, um, and, and they can innovate on different levels. Um, but having a game means having something with interaction, and if the interaction is already something people haven't done before it it might be extremely interesting so that's that's one way of seeing how you can uh, how you can innovate and that's kind of our our folks as well i mean i'm a game designer i'm not a story writer or a beautiful visual artist um that's that's how i see innovation um if i think one good example is uh Johan sebastian Joost. I, I really thought those guys were gonna win um because they have, they didn't have any screen, which is oh, yeah. for a video game designer that's mind blowing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I must say, if if you let go of what you of what's already there and don't start off with a genre or something that's already there, but from a vision, I think that's the most important part. If you have a vision, like we had, we want to make a game that is beyond the screen. That was the first one. The second one was 
okay, we want to make a game where in which people touch each other, and then it was totally defined, redefined to we want to make this game. It's I, I want it to be sweaty, intimate, nasty, uh, completely you know terrible, and that's kind of where Fingal came out. So vision is the the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, any other suggestions then for game or mobile game developers or game designers? Um, mm, no, and also, also yeah, go there, I think the the mobile platform uh, that also includes tablets but also mobile phones um, they haven't been really explored. There's lots of lots of I think there's lots of opportunities in gyroscope games and multi-touch games. Um, that just haven't happened yet. So let's all just try to look for those. There, there can be so many awesome games, multi-touch games, but also gyroscope games, which I hope we're going to see more of those in the future. Okay. And going back to the outside the screen theme, um, where, you know, I guess, how, how are you exploring that more? Do you feel that that's you've already satisfied your need or for understanding the concept of games outside the screen, or are you still exploring oh, hell. that? <laughs> yeah. No, um, it's. I must say, it's re- it's incredibly difficult. Um, like what inspired me for Fingal was something I did not expect. It's really difficult to f- to find those things. And I must say, if I look at all the prototypes I made back then, they were inspired by something else. Um, I guess that's just how it works. So. Um, last year at GDC, I was at the experimental gameplay session, and there was uh, a guy, Augustine. He made a, a, an, um, a, an, a, a game about meditation, and I thought that was incredibly interesting. But he sa- he said one sentence that was like mind blowing to me, and it was completely true. He said that if you want to make experiences with games, you need to live them as well. So I think that what he suggests is that. If you want to make games that are going to be experiences, just try to have as many experiences in your life as possible. So go out there. Don't be too introvert. Don't just go out there and try to experience what it's like to, I don't know, bike through a city or yeah. what it's like to eat something on, a, on the most beautiful place in the world. Or I don't know. There will be some, at some point, if you're just look, open to opportunities and open to experiences, you will find something that might fit in, in a game or not. You know, you never know. So I think that's that's most important. So do you feel then this is more about experience design versus game design? I mean, what? I don't know. I, I, those are, I think they're both very abstract terms. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I must say a game is also, well, most games are also experiences. experiences. So. Um, and for the listeners out there, then, where can they find out more information about your game, potentially play it? Um, so if you want to play the game, you have to go to the App Store and, and get it. It's I think right now it's $2. Uh, okay. So it's called Fingal. Definitely check that out. Um, and that's F-I-N-G-L-E. Yes. Okay. It's like finger mingle mixed sure. together. Um, and... If you want to find out more about what we're going to work on and all the updates we're going to put out, I, I recommend uh, following us on Twitter. That's Game Oven Studios. Um, so not Game Over, but Oven, like a, a thing you bake things in. Sure. Um, and we also have a website, GameOvenStudios.com, where, you can, uh, where we're going to post some new updates uh, soon. So uh, that's two, uh, two places where you can definitely follow us. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. And, you know, when you have your next game out, you know, definitely uh, 
keep us in mind. We'd love to hear about it. Oh, yes, I will definitely. Thank you. Thank you very much for the, uh, for the interview. Definitely. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye.